They should have trade. They need to trade him to Latvia right now for uh, one of the Ball brothers. For one of them, we'll take the futures on uh, Lamelo. Yeah, there you we go. don't want Leandro. He's trash. We'll take the futures on Lamelo. Cooking with jet fuel. You're going to get a lot of live action. Oh, yes. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to The Shore Thing here on Talk Radio 1190. My name is Warren Shore alongside, as always, Ryan Silva. And we've got a great show planned for you today. Lots of football talk and uh, some other talk that I don't really think we really want to talk about, but it seems like domestic violence in sports has crept its head up again. We'll talk about what the Astros are saying uh, as they made a trade for Robert uh, Osuna or Bob Osuna, and uh, we'll talk Ohio State football uh, and the Urban Meyer situation. Then we'll get in the Cowboys camp. First preseason game for the Cowboys is going to be on Thursday, 9 p.m. start. That's a rough one. Even good thing it's preseason, though. Don't think right now many of the starters are going to be playing in that one, but we'll talk about what's going on at camp so far. Uh, some players that have shined. And then Dak Prescott, a uh, big year for Dak as uh, I mean, he's looking at a contract extension at the end of the year if he plays well or. He's looking at playing out the last year of his contract. The Cowboys really are in a tough situation with Dak, so we'll discuss that. PGA Championship is uh, next week. Glory's last shot, as they call it, so we'll touch on that. What do we look forward to? Will Tiger make another run? Might try and squeak in a little Premier League talk. I know Ryan's really excited about the start of the Premier League season. Super on, locked in. On Friday. Very exciting stuff. So, uh, well, a little bit of that maybe. And then uh, stupid what person uh what did i just say ryan on what did i say it was to pete uh stupid things people have said or something like that yeah or something yeah so i dumb dumb of the week dumb dumb of the week is what we should just call it i don't know if you have one uh there's one that we kind of both have but we might touch on it we don't know if we want to talk about it or not but uh we'll see that at the end of the show uh but uh, Ryan, how was uh, start off as always? How was the uh, how was the past week? Good man. I mean, no complaints here. Again, just gearing up for baseball season, gearing up for wedding. Uh, yeah, the wedding is uh, three weeks, right? Yeah, three weeks, three weeks from yesterday. So we're yes. about uh, twenty days away, man. It's getting real. Yeah, I bet. Yep, <laughs> it's getting real. I bet it is. Uh, and then you're off to Belize after the honeymoon for a week. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so we're just gearing up for that. Yep, uh, I know it could be some fantasy football drafted on the honeymoon. No, I'm just there's def- there's gonna be some fantasy football drafted <laughs> on wedding day. So uh, <laughs> I didn't know if you were gonna say that or not. No, yeah, she's she's well aware. All right. uh, so yeah, we're gonna be getting a little. We're getting after it. Also, I mean. just brutal of the league not to give a pass. Just hey, can we reschedule? Pretty hey, big I, day for one of our guys. Yeah, I tried. I know. Look, I saw it. <laughs> I was. I saw. I was. 
first year in the league, and I was like, all right, these guys, no prisoners. Yeah, I no. mean, just roll out on the Tuesday after Labor Day or whatever. No, it's not they, a big they, deal. Yeah, this this is the real deal. I tried. They they originally wanted it to be the following Saturday. I was like, hey, I'm going to be in Belize like for the honeymoon. They Can said we... get internet connection. You don't know <laughs> yeah. if you get inter- internet connection in Belize. Definitely not. So, uh, yeah, the compromise was, uh, was wedding day. I told them, though, that this is a big important day for me, so I didn't want the wedding to get in the way of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was good. So, uh, yeah, almost got your first solo win in Fortnite oh, on the mobile so the other day. So close, so many we were times. Super hyped. We've both been really hyped. But one day, it's gonna. We'll, we'll get a duos win somehow sooner or later. You have to. I mean, just the law of averages. Just averages somewhere around the lake. We got to get lucky. Yeah. Sooner or later. But all right. Uh, trade deadline was this past uh, Tuesday. And the Rangers traded Keona Kellum Monday night, got another starting pitcher, Taylor Hearn, lefty. What they've been doing, they got a bunch of pitchers there. He had a couple years under control, went to the Pirates. Pirates made a couple big moves there with the Crips Arster. And the thing about the Pirates, if the Rangers were good or somewhere where the Pirates were at, this Chris Archer move would be the perfect move going into the year that they would open up the ballpark. The problem is they have no assets to trade for him. Even if they had some prospects, they could have traded them to Tampa and say, hey, let's get Archer, even though they just got nothing. That's the problem with the depleted farm system. And the Pirates gave up a lot to get Archer, two of their top guys. But uh, they're looking at the future. No, yeah, absolutely. That that had, like you said, if if the Rangers had any amount of of, uh, a farm system, this had them written all over, but instead they were big-time sellers, which we were kind of – the writings on the wall, we weren't quite sure if they would be able to be sellers or, you know, there was a couple guys that we floated out there. Obviously, Cole Hamels they got rid of. They moved Jake Diekman, and uh, so they ended up being big-time sellers, which I think is what they needed. But the problem is they just really couldn't get a lot in return for anybody that could help for help them either this year or next year or, you know, in the foreseeable future when they do decide to open up that ballpark. Yeah, and like you said, Jake Diekman – Got traded. Actually, took the bullpen cart. It's the first guy to oh, use the bullpen nice. cart in uh, Arizona. They got another uh, a, another pitcher back for him. Wei Chine Hong. Uh, they said twenty four year old right hander from Taiwan. Uh, so he was their twenty second best prospect for the Diamondbacks. All right. I mean, I don't. You, you weren't getting a top twenty guy. Yeah. For Jake Diekman for a rental. So all right. Said he got a mid nineties fastball. He's got a 2.0 ERA, 10.6 strikeout per nine. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. So down the road, that's a guy there. All right. What was interesting to me is the Astros uh, traded for uh, Roberto Osuna, closer for the Blue Jays. If you don't know, Osuna suspended 75 games for domestic violence. Longest suspension MLB has ever given out. Mm-hmm. And That wasn't substance-related. No, that yes, that was domestic violence related. Right, Jose Reyes, what got fifty? Uh, yeah, or thirty? Did he get fifty? They get uh somewhere between thirty. I know 50. I don't Chapman exactly. got thirty-five, twenty-five. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, this was the longest one. Osuna was doing court on Thursday. Didn't really see what happened there, and I tried to find it. Didn't see like anything really happened yet mm-hmm. with him. But the Blue Jays. We're obviously trying to get rid of them. They saw all the stuff, and what it sounds like, it doesn't sound like it sounds like you're, I don't want to say average, but just a domestic situation where he hit his girlfriend, uh, and there's pictures, the picture, the cops 
talk about in Toronto, I saw how bad the situation was. And when you have the cops that keep talking about how bad the situation is, I think that's the – they see a lot of stuff. Right, I was about and to say. Yeah, they see a lot of stuff, see. and I don't want to see say they're phased by some things, domestic-related, but they also their mind is trained to be like, okay, we've seen this. It's mm-hmm. not – not diminishing what it is, it's not bad. But they, I saw they they kept talking about this, and the Astros traded for him. They traded Ken Giles, a couple other prospects. This deal was just both teams trying to get rid of a guy because the sure. Astros were over Ken Giles. He had a big clubhouse blow up. Uh, he had some words, I think, with that with the uh, manager AJ Hinch. Oh, and yelling at everybody. Yeah. Just, so yeah. they they had actually optioned him down to AAA, and then this this uh, deal came along. So. It looks bad for the Astros uh, because of, obviously, what's going on with Osuna. And uh, there was a couple Astros, Justin Verlander and um, I think Alex, it was Garrett Cole. Was it Garrett Cole? Or? No, Lance McCullers. Oh, that, they Lance had a McCullers, player on was, their yeah. uh, the farm system right. beat up his pregnant girlfriend, and they said, you should never play baseball again. And that was on camera. That yes. was brutal. That, yes. was, that was brutal. And he was in the farm system, double A. Right. The problem where the Astros come into play here is GM Jeff Luno. Loonhow, however you say his last name, says they have a no-tolerance policy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a no-tolerance policy is pretty self-explanatory. No tolerance. No tolerance. So why would they trade for Roberto Osuno other than the glaring need that they need a closer in their goal of trying to repeat for a se- for world back-to-back World Series? I think uh, just because what you just said, no tolerance unless he can help the team. And Lono says, well... No tolerance for our organization, but we will be able to give a second chance to a guy who was in another organization. No, that is not how a no tolerance policy works. No tolerance means no tolerance no matter what. Yep. And you'll see what I have to say about Ohio State. It's not like I'm just playing to the Astro card of, I don't think this was right. Look, there was a guy that would say, uh, if the Indians traded for this guy, how would you feel? Look, I would probably have to look in the mirror of what I say. Do I want to really watch this team the rest of the year? If they went out, knowing the facts on this, would they go out and want to go out for uh, trade for this guy the rest of the season? There's a huge, I think, uh, misjud- like judgment. You can't go out and say you have this policy and then just, just hypocrisy takes over because you want to win. Well, we've seen in the NFL numerous times, too, because that's where we've seen a lot of the domestic violence issues come up as well. I mean, this is kind of the the domino that started it all, um, where, you know, a guy in, like, Ray Rice's situation, the reason he didn't get signed to a team was because he wasn't very good anymore. He was already on the downside of his career. He was coming off the worst career, his worst uh, career year statistically. And so, you know, if you can't find a use for him, then why even bring on the media circus it's going to bring on? But if there's a guy that can produce for you that can get the job done on the field well then you're going to kind of turn a blind eye to it to be for the betterment of the team so like you said yeah Osuna probably will be able to help uh the Astros he'll become the closer for them the full-time closer but at what cost when it comes to your fans when it comes to the media and all this other stuff and that just goes to show you that these teams are really just worried about the bottom line what a sorry no but what about the players in the clubhouse? I mean, they're just going to have to deal. What are they going like, to Ver- strike? Or when they say, oh, we're not playing if this guy's suited no, up? No, no, they're not going to strike. But like Verlander and these guys have made a big stand yeah. that nothing's tolerated. And now they're and bring- he doubled down on that. Yes. Verlander, he doubled down on it. He's like, look, I stand by what I said, what I said what I believe in, and I'm not backing down from it. And so that's going to be an issue, uh, much like kind of like you know what Josh Hader and some of these other guys that had the racist tweets come up. That's a, something you got to handle in the clubhouse with with the other guys. For sure. So are they just going to like shun Osuna? 
No. Like, no, that's the thing. And my, I have a question, too, about the MLB suspension policy. Why is it that if you are suspended for PEDs, you, you are uh, banned from the playoffs? Right. But domestic violence, which to me, domestic violence seems to be a little more of a serious case than taking steroids. Look, I get it. It's against the laws and against the rules in baseball. Right. But in a real world thing of domestic violence or steroids, domestic violence to me seems a little bit steeper of a charge. Are you allowed to play in the playoffs? Hey, I, that, I, that's a great question. I mean, MLB, I think I think obviously the PEDs is because you're cheating on the field. Again, it all comes down to what's going sure. on on the field and affecting the product there. But it's almost a double standard. You're oh, saying beat up is. your girlfriend. Yeah. You're able to play in the playoffs. Robinson Cano's probably thinking, man, I, I'm i a much better guy than Robert Osuna, not beating up my wife or girlfriend or a significant other, and I'm going to be missing the playoffs because I decided to take a couple pills or whatever. Yeah. And Osuna's like, oh, man, what a great decision I made. I'm going to be closing in the ninth inning of the playoffs. Like, right. And I read an article this week because – I was leading the charge in 2016 of why or all this Chapman should be played because the Indians had a spare outfielder that, that took PEDs, like some fifth outfielder. Mm-hmm. He couldn't play in the playoffs. I was just like, why can we not get some consistency? That's all you're asking for, some consistency in the suspension policy. And MLB said, well, like pretty much what you said, one hurts on the field, the other one is off the field, and this and that. Why can't we just come together and just say, if you get suspended through MLB for either policy throughout the season – the consequences, the consequences are missing the playoffs. To me, that really doesn't seem like something that hard to do. Absolutely not. It and it isn't that hard to do. You, like you said, you just get together. You make. I mean, obviously, the collective bargaining agreement is going to uh, have to be involved here. The MLBPA is going to have to be involved, and that's something that they're going to have to agree to. But at the same time. If you bring it to the table, the MLBPA is going to have to agree to it. Because if not, they're going to look like the bad guys. They're going to look like the jerks and say, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. Slap up your wife. Slap up your girlfriend. Whatever. Come back. Take three months off, three and a half months off, whatever. It's four months almost almost, uh, for the 75 games. Come back fresh, relaxed, whatever it is, and let's get back after it. Let's jump in the playoffs and get ready to go. Whereas, like you said, Robinson Cano, he's going to be suspended 80 games. Come back. Then once playoff starts, he's done. Go back home. Yeah. And the Astros released a statement saying if another issue comes up, he'll be taken, uh, pretty much be released. So, well, yeah, all right, I mean, good job. If he has, yeah, you're gonna get it right the second time. Right. I mean, if he has a second issue, he's never gonna play again for sure. So you really, would assume again, really again, you, assume. you never know. You never know though. Look at Greg Hardy; he got a chance, as you said, with the Cowboys. Yeah, because he can produce on the field for sure, and he didn't really even produce yeah. that much when he was there. All right. We'll talk Ohio State football coming up next. Boy, that's a great topic, uh, kind of along these lines. So we'll talk that here on The Short Thing on Talk Radio 1190 right after this. All right, back here on the short thing, Warren and Ryan, 45 minutes left in the show. You can listen to us if you missed any part of the show uh, on iTunes and SoundClouds. We post them up after the show. It's the short thing, S-C-H-O-R-R, and we're also on Twitter, so go check us out there. All right, so Ohio State, big news with Ohio State this week as Urban Meyer was on paid administrative leave after uh, Brett McMurphy Came out with some hard-hitting reporting on Facebook since ESPN uh, laid him off. Uh, pretty much about how 
So Zach Smith is a wide receivers coach at Ohio State. He's been on, uh, he's been with Urban Meyer pretty much since 2009 when he was back at Florida. And in 2015, there was a domestic dispute, uh, and Brett McMurphy pretty much the sub of it was Urban Meyer knew about it and didn't do anything about it. Or, or no, it wasn't. He didn't know about it. As this was happening, he might have known about it. Why is he still on the team? That's kind of the gist of it, right? Well, no. Um, so, and then, uh, so then a bunch of it, they have, there were text messages saying from Courtney Smith, Zach, Zach Smith's ex-wife, that she told uh, Shelly Meyer, who was Urban Meyer's uh, wife, about the domestic dispute. And so assume, I mean, how close they are that she would tell urban and Zach Smith was still a coach on Ohio state until three weeks ago when he got fired, when he found out there was a restraining order out, when he got arrested for a restraining order, because he was too close to his wife when he dropped off their kids, uh, since they are now divorced. Um, and so very, people were really, when I first read this, I thought the first thing was if Urban Meyer really did not know or really knew about this and didn't go up the perfect channels, he can't coach Ohio State anymore. Like you, the cover up always gets it. We've seen that uh, to a more extent at Baylor, Penn State. Now, I, these are—I don't think these are the same situations as Baylor and Penn State. Yeah, definitely not. But the cover up is always what gets you. So. I mean, I thought he was about 99% out of the job on when he got suspended for administrative leave, and usually they work out a buyout. Well, Urban Meyer released a statement Friday saying he went through the proper channels, went to Gene Smith. Gene Smith, who is the Ohio State Athletic Director, knew about this. And now the big question is why, first of all, why did Urban Meyer lie at Big 12 Media Day when a reporter asked him a question of why did you know about the 2015 incident with Zach Smith? And he goes, no, why would someone ever create a story about that? Why would you say that? That makes, if you would have said, yes, I knew about it. We should have handled it differently there. Guess what? You probably aren't in this big a predicament you are now. It's probably still a big story, but it's not of, oh, you pretty, look, lying to the media, that's fine. I don't want to say it's fine. Everybody does it. But though. everyone does it though. But the problem is you can't just say this is a made up story. That is where your problem was there. So, and now in his statement, Meyer said that he made a mistake. He wish he would have told, uh, he would have told the, uh, he, he would have said, yeah, I knew about it in 2015. But then that causes a whole nother storm. If he went through the proper channels, if he went through who he needed to, to make sure that this was handled correctly, in my opinion, it's out of his hands. The, you agree. pass it on to the higher ups that need to handle stuff like this. And until they give you word, hey, this guy needs to go, then, I mean, it, again, going back to the whole Asuna thing, if you're successful and you're producing on the field, then that's going to give you a pass nine times out of ten to continue doing what you do uh, until somebody else 
you know, like I said, higher up says, look, you can't, we can't be associated with this anymore. We can't have this guy, you know, uh, wearing the scarlet and gray for us anymore because of, of these issues that he's had and, and the problems he's causing and the things he's done. Uh, we just can't have people, you know, wearing the scarlet and gray for us when they're doing this off the field. But obviously Zach Smith, he was with Urban Meyer at Florida. It's like, apparently some of this stuff happened in 2015 with Urban Meyer as well. And, 2009, you mean? Or 2009. And me, he yeah, 2009, went through yeah. the proper channels and that and said they talked about it, whatever, and yeah. Right. So, I mean, to say Urban Meyer is off the hook, in my mind, is a little bit of a stretch, but also, again, he went through the proper channels. He let everybody know who needed to know, and nothing was done until recently when they had to fire him, and now everything's kind of coming up. Again, everybody lies to the media, and if, if Urban Meyer says, yeah, look, I knew, and I didn't say anything to y'all. Well, I mean, no one's going to fault him for that. But the fact that he knew and told somebody and told the higher-ups, but he didn't want to tell the media, I really don't see an issue there. Well, the problem... Okay, I'm not saying that he... And I don't think he covered it up. No, well, the pro- well, I'm saying when it first came out... It seemed like It looks like he yeah, covered right. it up. And first, Brett McMurphy said, we have text messages saying that Urban Meyer knew about this and was talking to the coaches, and he didn't do anything with the higher-ups. Well, then he said later, no, I don't have text messages. All I know is that Shelly knew. The root of the problem is, okay, he Shel- did. Shelly Meyer. Yes, Sh- Shelly Meyer, thank you. Okay, so what his statement is, he said he went to Gene Smith. Well, Zach Smith did interviews where Gene Smith called him off the recruiting trail in 2015 because right. he found out about this. Now we need to hear from Gene Smith, and I'm not saying Urban Meyer's off the hook. Mm-hmm. If he did follow, follow proper protocol, fine. Well and dandy. But why was this guy still on the coaching staff for three years when you knew what he did and your wife and all the other coaches' wives constantly told their husbands how scary of a guy this guy Zach Smith was? There are messages that said that. Why did you just not fire him there? Was it because Earl Bruce, your mentor, who Ohio State coaching legend, that's why? You couldn't just, you couldn't tell him, oh, uh, Mr. Bruce, your grandson is uh, beating his wife. We need to. F- we're going to fire him because of this. What like, pro- was problematic to me is the fact not only was he on, like I said, if you're producing on the coaching staff, obviously Zach Smith's done a great job with the wide receivers. He's been a great coach for Ohio State. The problem is that it happened in 2009 with Florida, and he brought him back to Ohio State with him. I think that's the issue there in my no, mind. No, I can understand because in 20... 20- How? It's like giving a guy a second chance or whatever. What you said about... Yeah, okay, fair, but then that guy has that second chance. Eh, okay, I can that's what I'm saying screws is, up again. Yes, yeah. that's why you should have been fired in 2015. The point is why in 2000 and in 20 in 2009 they had just started getting they were just fresh uh newly married and Shelley and Urban Meyer both went set them up to counseling sessions and set things up for them as what is what I have read about the situation. Look, I'm not saying but that is what they have said, uh, that they set up counseling for him. They did this, and they pretty Urban said, if you pretty much ever do this again, I found out you do this again, you're, I'm going to fire you. You're, you're not going to be on my coaching staff. Well, he did it again, and he's still on the coaching staff. And the defense of there's no police arrest, just because he wasn't arrested doesn't mean that he gets to keep his job. Like, but, but it's hard to fire a guy when, there's, when there's, there aren't any legal ramifications coming behind it. Okay, you could just say, guess what? We're firing you because we don't want you on our coaching staff because we saw the pictures and we don't want this. 
They yeah. could just do yeah, that. Yeah, you could. You could. Absolutely. There's 10,000. There's so many. Any person in the country who coach Ohio State, a wide receiver coach at Ohio State is not a hard job to fill. True, no doubt. But I mean, and I, I'm with you there. And I don't want it to seem like I, I'm backing, uh, you know, Zach Smith or Urban Meyer or anything. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here and saying that look, what you do on the field sometimes supersedes this. And the fact that it happened twice and that it didn't come to a head until July 23rd when Urban Meyer fired Zach Smith finally. And to be fair, too. Not to be fair, but just you know the whole Brett McMurphy thing. He got fired from ESPN because he was always fabricating well, stories. We got laid off. But a lot, I, apparently, from what I've read, a lot of it is because he was he fabricated sto- fabricated stories a lot. Didn't always have the necessary uh, quote unquote sources or the or the rights you know kind of uh, uh, backing to show that his stories are legit. I thought it was part of the uh, just financial thing. Yeah, but the. The big reason that okay. he was that he was so expendable was because he's had these issues in That's the past. Funny. But the Ohio State stories. fan base should not go after him. Okay, like Nick Murphy. Yes. Yeah. There, Ohio State fan base is pretty. There's a lot of bad eggs. Yeah. In that basket, like every other big time college football thing, of they are so blinded by winning. Ohio State has survived the Jim Trestle firing, and Jim Trestle did a lot less than this. Just covered up some tattoos. <laughs> they fired Woody Hayes being. Uh, They've, they've survived Woody Hayes being fired. John Cooper, all these coaches that come in seem to always have something big. Ohio State will be fine no matter what happens, okay? They seem to come out on the right side in a couple years after it. Now, we need to hear from Gene Smith in this situation because it's in his – according to Urban Meyer's thing, he told Gene Smith they went through the proper protocol. He's trying to dust his hands clean of this. What I think is going to happen, Urban Meyer, he'll get suspended for half the season – I think, and then he'll be he'll coach again. I uh, see. I don't even know if he gets suspended half the season. I think he's he's if he comes back, he's got to get suspended because there still comes to a point of why did you keep this guy on your staff for three years? Yeah, no, that I mean, is the I agree. biggest question. Like, what was the reason you kept him on the staff for three years? There, there has to be some consequence for that. And firing him might be too steep, but if they did it, okay, I could see how they do it, but. Like there has to be something for it. That's why, like a six-game suspension, half the season. Okay, you get it. You understand now. It won't happen again. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, this one's tough because if he did go through the proper channels, you can't fault him completely. But at the same time, I agree with you. Like if he can't be on the staff for three more years after the second, yeah, we're in the incident. same boat on this. Yeah. Like if no, you went I through the there. proper protocols. And he lets someone else in the higher ups, like the Title IX office, Gene Smith, all that. Okay, it's it's not it's not his problem anymore. We both agree on why was he still on the coaching staff for three years? Yeah. So there should be. That's why I'm saying the suspension for like half a season. What about a fine? Like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. You're fining him, suspending him for half the season with the. Right. No, and I agree. The but this this is a little bit less. I know. think for the public. Because public perception was pretty much made up Tuesday that Urban Meyer's fired. He's a terrible guy. Well, that's, that. that's just the day and age we live no, in. No, I know. But but I think that you could you, – a suspension will probably be the best of saying, hey, we're – this is what you're getting for punishing that you did follow the proper protocols. You just had a lapse in judgment on uh, on keeping him on the set for two years. Six game Six game suspension, too. You're suspended for the TCU game, and I looked at the schedule earlier. You're missing the Penn State game at Penn State. I was going to say, what if uh, the NCAA pulled a 
an old good old fashioned NCAA and said, "Look, you're suspended for the first four or five non conference games of the year." But there's no NCAA violation in this. If they went through the proper protocol, so what should the? How can the NCAA come in and suspend them? Then how does he get to be suspended? a school suspension? A school? Ohio State suspends him okay, for six okay. games. Is what I'm saying, not the NCAA. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I guess uh, we'll see. I don't know if I'm on board for suspension that that heavy for for Urban. Uh, you got to make it heavy enough where you're like, hey, we're punishing you for doing this. Because then if you suspend him for one game, they're like, oh, that's a slap on the wrist. Right. You can't, yeah. For sure. You have to make it like. You have to have some gusto. I in think it. I'd be cool with like two or three games, like three games max. Okay, that's fine. I would just look any suspension. I think is fine, other than one or two. Yeah, I think three to six fine. I would prefer six. You know what? That's fine. That's you, crazy coming from an Ohio State fan yourself. I said he should have been fired if he covered up a thing. Right, he covered no, up the domestic violence. Yeah, you. That's one thing you have been hard stance on this from the jump. When it came out Monday or Tuesday, we were talking here at work, and you were like, "Yep, he, he needs to be gone. He needs to be gone." I was like shocked. I was like, "You wow. can't look." As much as it pained me to say that, like I like Urban Meyer. I think he's done wonders. One of the greatest sports moments of my life was being at the national championship game here when they beat Oregon. Like that was awesome to be there for that. He's been great. But you can't, like we were talking about the power of winning, you can't just overlook the power of winning for someone's life who was in harm when she was getting strangled in Cabo with text message show. Like, you can't overlook that. At least that's that's me. Yeah. And that's um, of half, at least half of the Ohio State. There are Ohio State alums on the radio in Cleveland getting called fake Buckeyes because they said, if some of this is true, he needs to be fired. Like, that is ridiculous. And these people probably don't even go to Ohio State. <laughs> I didn't go to Ohio State. But, I mean, it's just... Couldn't get in. Yeah, that is one of the reasons <laughs> why. Um, but it's just... I mean, it just comes down to, like, your morals. Right. He probably didn't do... Did he morally do the right thing? Probably not. Definitely not. But did he do what was required for his job? It looks like he might have done that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a tough situation. No doubt. Like all these are. All right. I don't think there's a right answer here. No, not at least not yet. Right. There's not a right answer yet. But all right. We'll talk Dallas Cowboys after. This is what you came for. Lightning strikes every time she moves. And everybody's watching her, but she's looking at you. All right, back here on the Short Thing Talk Radio 1190. Warren and Ryan here for the last about 25 minutes of the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. All right, Cowboys camp just completed their first week. And um, I uh, don't really think, were there, did you think there were any controversies off the field this week? Uh, no, it was a pretty quiet week for uh, Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys, is it? Uh Hasn't been the last couple weeks. Which I would say is a good thing. Yeah. Maybe the the start of the week with the whole Mike Ducey didn't interview the Jerry Jones thing, but that was whatever. That was like one day. Yeah. Uh, but so at camp, things seem to be going okay, I guess, from what, I, what I've been following. I, I mean, it's hard to judge what is good, going well, going bad. Seems like the receivers, Alan Hearns sounds like he's having a good camp. I will say the one person who sounds like he's having a really good camp so far is Jalen Smith. They really need him there. Uh, coming off of last year, he was really, really slow playing linebacker, taking bad angles, this and that, as he was recovering from that uh, nerve damage in his knee with the surgery there. There was a Cowboys uh, fight 
I was getting to that. Oh, um, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, but uh, Jalen Smith ran like stride for stride with Cole Beasley today. I saw in a video. I would say that's a that's a plus. The for cow sure. the Cowboys fight sounds like we have a little potential littles. Travis Frederick was hurt about his feelings a little bit. Uh, he was beat back to back plays by Brian Price, and then driving him way back off the line. And then he got into a fight. It was with uh, Woods. What was his name? Antoine uh, Woods. Antoine Woods. Then Antoine Woods beat uh, Travis Frederick on the very next play. Probably a little chirping going on. Look, if I beat an all-pro center and I'm a rookie or whatever Woods is, undrafted guy, probably be a little chirping, get that thing going. Travis Frederick was not having any of that. Did you see the video of the fight? Yeah, it turned into a melee. It was pretty good. For a training camp fight, it was pretty good. Um, so they went at it. Nothing like a good training camp fight. You've been going at the same guys for a week. You're 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 a little tired of them. Now some of the media guys were like, "Oh, to be fair to those guys, the the grass is pretty bad." Okay, give me a break. Right. We really need to make all these excuses for the offensive line. Just say they got beat three times in a row, and he got mad about it because he was getting worked in practice. He probably hasn't got worked in practice since he was a rookie, or maybe even at Wisconsin. Um, so uh, that's that. I will say, um. The receiving, to me, we'll get into deck in a second. The receivers, what do you think about Tavon Austin? You know, he has been, he's one of those guys that uh, comes in from college that looks like, like his speed just jumps off, jumps off the, uh, the screen for, to you. There's numerous guys that have been like that, like DeAnthony Thomas a few years back from Oregon. Like he was just untouchable, literally untouchable in college. Like you couldn't get a hand on him. Um, there was a couple guys who go a couple years back, Noel Devine and Steve Slayton, both uh, some more West Virginia kids, m- much like Tavon Austin, that they just jump off the screen with their speed and their elusiveness. And then when you get to the NFL, they're just kind of they're just kind of guys. Tavon Austin is very he's interesting. Still fast. He no, absolutely, yeah. Let, let me let me rephrase that. He's still extremely fast, but he's so small, it's hard to find a way to get him integrated into the into the game. Obviously, he was paid like a number one wide receiver in L.A., and that didn't work out. Um, so Tavon Austin is very interesting. I think he just needs to be one of those guys that you just move him all over the field. He can run out of the back. He can come out of the backfield for you. Obviously, he can play uh, wide receiver, whether it be set out wide or in the slot or something. But he's one of those guys, just get the ball in his hands and see what he can do. He's probably gonna. He could. You could use him in the in the return game. He's one of those guys that you know has elusive speed. You know he can get around you. He can make moves, make you miss. So just get the ball in his hands as much as possible. But I mean that's gonna be tough. Obviously, I, I mean with with a guy like Dak, where you know five to fifteen yards are right in his breadbasket for passes. He you know that he can make in or rel- with relative accuracy. That's a perfect Tavon Austin's a perfect guy for for Dak in that in that sense where like I said, just get the ball in his hands, let him get to the open field and see what happens. Yeah, uh I agree. I think it's I it sounds like they're gonna use him as like a running back, a third down running back or something. That's a way to use him. I, 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 I like that. Put him and Zeke in the backfield at split backs. For sure. You know, you, you could do some damage. Yeah. I mean, say what you will about the option in the NFL, but I mean, you have to decide whether you're going to cover Zeke or Tavon Austin, get the ball in his hands. And obviously, Dak can move with his legs. That's something that I think the Cowboys probably will and should integrate into their offenses. A little, you know, option out of that. Uh, both of them coming out of the backfield can obviously 
Tavon Austin being a wide receiver can catch the ball really well. And Zeke is just as lethal coming out of the backfield catching the ball as well. So those are some options to keep defense on their toes uh, that you could that the Cowboys should probably utilize. And again, probably will because they're much smarter than I am when it comes to stuff like this. Sounds like Michael Gallup, one of the receivers they got in the draft from Colorado State, one of their late-round guys. Sounds like he's making a big impact so far in camp. And they're going to need guys to step up. It's Alan Hearns, Terrence Williams, and... Cole Beasley, and that's about it. Yeah. So Michael Gallup to step up. And usually wide receiver, as a rookie, it seems like it's one of the like toughest positions to make a to make that jump in. Like defensive line, offensive line, those guys, those are easier. Um corner sometimes a little bit of a problem, but wide receivers, minus like OBJ and that wide receiver class. Like those first round type of guys and receivers kind of have a tougher time first year, like becoming a breakout star. Yeah, like coming to that level, they could be. Like you really got to be special to make uh, 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 make an impact sure. your first year. And but but say for the fifth rounder, it's still they're they're getting they're just seeing because obviously it's more physical mm-hmm. at the line of scrimmage and all that type of stuff. All right, quickly on Dak, we could carry this over a little bit if we want. So he said big season for Dak because he's only got one year left on his contract after this. And say he throws up another year like he did last year, even a subpar year, a little less than that, there's right. There's no way the Cowboys can offer him an extension at the end of the year for because he's going to want to be paid the highest quarterback in the league. I know that sounds crazy, but every contract just gets larger and larger and larger. Yeah, I think really realistically – there's no way you can make Dak the, the highest. Even if he has a good year, even if he has a year like he did his rookie year, I don't think you can make him the highest paid quarterback in the league. What I think he should garner is uh, a Joe Flacco type deal when Joe Flacco signed his deal, which was at that time the the largest in, yeah. in NFL history for a quarterback. But there's no way that that you can give Dak, you know, possibly a hundred million dollars. No way. I think they're gonna do that. You, there's. He's gonna you, ask. That's, that's what the going rate is. Well, now. You can ask all you want. Ask in one hand and you don't do think Jerry would give him hundred million dollars. If he does, that's gonna be stupid. That's gonna cripple this team for years to come. That's gonna a team that already has cap issues as it is and isn't very good. They're a very average team. You want to hand your quarterback $100 million who hasn't shown to be anything special outside? I mean, granted, it's been two years, but not only did he have a, is he coming off a bad year from last year, but his wide receiver group and his number one tight end, who was a surefire first bout Hall of Famer, are gone. Oh, no, I agree. Look, I'm not. You think he's going to have a better year now? And he lost one of his all-pro linemen. Uh, obviously, the the Cowboys have been fortunate to be deep enough at the offensive line to where it's kind of, you know, you can fill Doug Free's spot, no problem. But still, I mean, you're going to – there is going to be some more, I think, slide in, in Dak's game because of that. I just want to know – I'm interested to see how he plays with the full year of Zeke. But the biggest thing with the whole Cowboys plan was when he was a rookie – it was run the ball, get a lead, and play conservative after that. Dak has shown when he's they had to come back minus the Packer game last year when he was able to air it out. The Packers defense was like, but last year, how many times was Zeke when or with Dak, pardon me, when that third quarter when they lost to the Rams and there was that stretch of games and they were tied at halftime mm-hmm. and they just had those awful third those second halves they put up like six points the chargers game on thanksgiving they were multiple times the offense just couldn't move right it was terrible like 
I want to see how that is this year. Now, Zeke wasn't on the field then, so it's completely different. But you're going to give Zeke a contract extension in the off uh, two years because you got the fifth year option for him. But like, I mean, this is this is a potential to be an absolute disaster if he shows he's average at best. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I, I wholeheartedly agree there. And even if he is average, you're st- they're still probably going to sign him to an extension of some sort. There's no way they're just going to let him ride on a one-year deal. They might. That's that's risky. What if they let him ride on a one-year deal, draft a guy in the second round, and say, let's go? I know that's not the Cowboy way of doing it, but they are close to drafting another high quarterback guy. If, if, he, if he turns it, out a, another year like last year, I agree. You have to draft a guy. But you got to sign him. To, you got to lock him up for at least maybe – give him like at least a three-year extension worth, you know – Twelve to fifteen what million he, dollars. He, but he's a, why would he? He might not take that because he'll be like, I'll play out my year and then I'll go cash in twenty million dollars, twenty five million dollars on the open market. You think someone's gonna? Uh, I just you know how I, many bad quarterbacks are in this league. Uh, Colt McCoy just signed a seven million dollar extension with yeah, the Redskins, and, you want and he's a backup Zach to take twelve million dollar extension. He could get twenty easy on the open market, which is ridiculous to me. But that that's, that's just, the going rate. That's, that's the going rate. I know. No, that's absolutely. The that's the going rate, rate right now. That's the going rate for for quarterbacks, no matter how good or bad you might yeah. be. Um, just Look at the Mike Lennon deal. Got fifteen million dollars a year. You're going to tell me Dak's going to take that when he thinks he's going to have to be in a battle with the second guy? I think I don't think he would do that. Maybe fifteen to eighteen is more realistic than twelve to fifteen. I think fifteen to eighteen. Maybe, is more, but still, more I think he's looking. 20, some guy would pay him twenty million for sure. I think <sighs> Tyrod's making seventeen this year, and they're about the same quarterback. Yeah. So but that's this year, and then wait in two years when the price keeps going up on these quarterbacks. That's uh, that's that, I don't know. The, the Cowboys are going to be in a predicament. As a Redskins fan, I'm going to love it. Give him $100 million. By all means, give him $100 million. That way you can't pay anybody else, and it's just going to be him and Zeke. And Zeke's going to be up for an extension the same time. Well, right? they have the offensive line. Look, we already know they got that. Yeah. We've got a lot of time left to talk about the cap situation. But I'm just saying, given because you're you are they are definitely going but to pay But this is Zeke. all what ifs. If he plays well, right. then it doesn't really matter. No and doubt. they'll give him an extension, and... They'll be fine, and they hope they get it, but then he could regress. He could turn into Flacco. There's a lot of things that could happen here. But, they, again, they're still, they are definitely going to pay Z. No, for sure. But what I'm saying is, look, they, they're, Dak plays well this week. You just got to hope he gets on the progression. Or this year, right. he gets plays, he gets, continues to progress. Right. New quarterback. Well, there, we got a lot of time to talk about this. All right, we'll take a break. We'll talk about the, most, the worst quarterback in the, in the whole world after the break. Here on You're an angel to us, Johnny Football, how we love him. Have you heard this before? I have not. 274,000 views on YouTube. And he doesn't even know impossible. (laughs) All right, back here on the short thing, Warren and Ryan here with you for the last 10 minutes. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the short thing and then on SoundCloud and iTunes. All right, Johnny Manziel. Traded last week during the show, missed the breaking news. That was uh, that was my bad. Ryan said he saw it. Uh, that was my bad for not getting that in. But traded from Hamilton Tiger Cats to the Montreal Alouettes, and he faced the Tiger Cats this week. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. Actually, I watched the first half of the game, the entire first half. I totally forgot it was on. I was getting ready to watch it. Totally forgot. Just missed it. But don't worry, I was following on Twitter, and boy, let me tell you. It looked like it was a rough outing for one Johnny Football. Four it, picks. I under one of them was off the hands of the receiver. 
I'll give him that. What do you go? Eight of eleven for or what is it? Was it four of eleven for eighty-two yards or something in the first half? Yeah, yeah. His first three passes, he was uh, one for th- one for three, negative five yards and two interceptions. Mm. And that first interception, feet were all over the place. Yeah. No mechanics, underthrow city. I mean, bad decision. The one when he threw it kind of on in between two guys, there was an out route and looked like a go route. Right. And there was two. And there were two Tiger Cats right there, and it was right to the Tiger Cat. I will say this. Like I said, I watched the entire I watched the entire first half. Um the fiance and I were out to eat, so we were watching it. And um and I knew it was on. I was like, hey, we got let's try to get to, you know, the restaurant so we can the the CFL game is about to start. She was like, What? I was like, Johnny football starting, don't worry. She's an Aggie, so yeah. she was all about it. Um but I will say the Alouettes are not a good team. They're one oh, yeah. in, they're one and six in the CFL. Any football fan can watch football and tell whether you're a good team or not. The uh, Tiger Cats actually pretty pretty good, pretty good talent both sides. But Johnny, I mean, he I was fe- running for us. He was running. For, there was yeah. one that they ran the most simple stunt I've ever seen in my life, where the defensive end uh, went left, the outside linebacker went out and around him and came untouched, and Johnny had to get rid of it, and it became an interception. The one thing, the positive for Johnny Manziel, he still has the elusiveness. He can still make guys miss. The the interception that went off the guy's hand, he, he was, was making guys. He was miss. making. He was. He got past two guys, slipped out of a tackle, just airmailed it a little bit. He, but I still think the the I think it was a running back coming out of the backfield. He should have caught, caught it. He, he should have caught it. Look, that one I said not on him. But the offense just couldn't get anything going. The defense was atrocious, and then they had a punt blocked. Uh, I guess the the third drive because he threw. Interception the first two drives. Now there's a punt blocked return for a touchdown after that. So you blink and it was twenty one to zero uh, in like six minutes to go in the first quarter. Yeah, look, I about his elusiveness. It's there because the CFL is not as fast as the NFL. I there are vivid memories that I have of Johnny trying to turn the corner in the NFL and just got met by a linebacker and was crunched. Right. The one that sticks out of my mind is the one with Carolina. First quarter, I think maybe eight minutes ago. And granted, he was making guys miss in the middle of the field in that. But he tried to turn the corner, and I think it was Keekley. Who's the other good linebacker? Uh, uh, Charles, uh, da- Charles Davis. No. No. Uh, it's Davis Jr. Uh, Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis Jr. Thomas yeah. Davis, one of those two guys. I mean, they met Johnny. He tried to stretch it out to the sideline. Ended up missing the rest of the game with a pulled hammy. Like, just couldn't get the corner. There was a game against the Bengals, his first game he ever played in. Couldn't get around the corner. So, I yeah, he's got the elusiveness of his times, but I don't know if it... If it translates to the NFL. But also, you're, you talk about 22 or 23-year-old Johnny Manziel coming out of college. Yeah, but still I think thinking he's hot. I think that'd be his... When he'd be faster than when he's... He's only 25. 26, 26, yeah. that's the most amazing thing. He's only 26. Yeah, I don't know. I tried to go on the Alouettes uh, website. Get a to, jersey? Well, not yet, but I, I, t- I told I told Jamie, I said, hey, I might have to cop one of those. But Because um, the, the jersey is actually pretty sick. But the entire website is in French, and your boy does not read French. I took Spanish oh, They don't school. have an English website? No. It's in, it's in French. Go to it. It's But yeah. the, I, th- I, sw- I swear they, they probably have an English website. Oh, here it is at the top. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Because the Canadians, the Montreal tab. Canadians have an English website too. Okay, yeah. There oh, okay, you go. here we go. Um. The CFL game is great to watch, though. 
We need to add some of those rules in the NFL. Give us a running wide receiver start. I want to see Josh Gordon get a five five yard head start. He'll just blow by any defensive. And you back. can have multiple guys I know, moving, it's great. moving in motion at the same time towards the line of scrimmage. Twenty yard, right. twenty yard end zone. Uh they got there's a way you can get a, a single point. I haven't figured that out. You yet. punt it into the end, end zone. zone and you tackle them and in it the stays end zone, there, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. It's called a single, actually. Huh? It's called a single. Okay, great. But not it's, one point. It's called a when's single. There, when's their next rouge? When's their next game? Uh it's gotta be this week. Probably Friday. Yeah, Thursday or Friday. It's gonna be on ESPN or the ESPN two. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Ratings hit. Hold on, I went back to French. Let me yeah. But I will say, good job, Johnny. His tackling was right back up to par. <laughs> Yo, it was so funny. I said the same thing. I was like, man, he has as many tackles as he does yeah, interceptions. So you gotta like that. Good you gotta tackle. Like that. Gotta yeah. like the effort there. But uh just yeah. a stats cheat stuffer there. Yeah, look, last night's game was not helping anything uh for us thing. But it's the eleventh, August eleventh. So was that Friday? That is uh Friday. Going yeah. against Ottawa. Oof. Yeah, you know what they say when they those two teams play? Throw yeah. out the records. <laughs> <laughs> the good old Ottawa Red Blacks. Throw out the record books yeah. when those two plays. It's a it's a real barn burner up there. <laughs> um Quebec versus uh Ontario, I think. Yeah. All right, so we'll 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 give a Johnny update. Maybe not every week. Oh, I'm locked in. No, I'm I'm not yeah. saying I'm locked in, but I'm saying for the show. We might not give a Johnny update every week. It, it depends on what he – look, if he throws another four-pick performance, we, we might talk about it. If he throws a four-touchdown performance, we, we, we better gotta have go that equal. Too. we got to go okay. equal equal on him. I'm Team Johnny. I don't, I don't know how you are because – I'm so over the guy. Yeah, that's what I figured. But well, it's I, just because the Browns stuff. Why, right. why, yeah, where is all this coming of, oh, I want to try now when you never tried with the Browns? I, well, to be fair, I mean, what's really the the motivation there when you're still popping bottles with Champagne Poppy – Drake. The motivation is to actually be good and to be known as a good NFL quarterback rather than just a star, a college star that flamed out and everyone thinks you just wasted all your talent. Right. But, I mean, he, he had his issues. He's getting over him. He's matured now. That's fine. He says he's matured. Has he really matured? Did you see that at press conference after the game? He's no, matured. I did not. He's matured. Okay, Go that's fine. It. I also think he's, sell, he's trying to make a comeback to sell a bunch of shirts, too. Comeback season, baby. Which Get is on fine. Board. Get on board. Comeback season. I'm so over the guy. <laughs> Look, if he would have won a couple games with the Browns, I'd be fine with it. He did win a couple games. I was going to say, he did. He was the last one to win in Cleveland or something, right? No, RG3. Oh, RG3. But was, if he would have won some confused. games when we were in the playoff hunt, then I would have been talking. In week four? No, this was week 13, <laughs> no, baby. Yeah, Bengals <laughs> comes in. I will give Johnny credit. First game with the Alouettes, he didn't go wrong direction on the handoff. Credit to him. He's matured. That's like what he I did said. with the Browns. He knows the playbook. And Good for him. he wasn't in Vegas while they were playing. So Well, he was on IR then. Again, credit to him. Well, he hasn't done that yet. <laughs> that was week 17. Let's see, let's see last week of the playoff last week of the season for the Alouettes when they're two and twelve or however many games they play. Did you see the video of Mike Sherman fighting with the headset? Yes, I did oh, see that. Man. That was really funny. That was that, that was, was really funny. That was peak Mike Sherman. Like, <laughs> that was poor really guy funny. can't catch a break. Yeah, hey, you know what? He's just helping out an Aggie. He's a good Aggie. They're probably both wearing their Aggie rings out there on the sideline, just like Aggie ring force together. Yay! And Sticking you know their what? thumbs up like a bunch of nerds. Yeah, thumbs up. The Alouettes fans are like, what is this? Who are these losers out here wearing rings? God, I hope Jamie's listening right now. <laughs> um, what is going on here? Um, but, yeah. Uh, quickly, PJ Championship. we got about 25, 30 seconds left. How do you think Tiger's going to do? I'd say top 20 finish. Okay, I say top 10. 
Do you think Jordan's going to win it and get the career grand slam? No. I agree with you there. Not playing well. Do you have a Do you have a pick? I'm gonna go. Uh, I'll give you three guys. I'll give you Dustin Johnson going really out on a limb there. Justin Rose and let's go. Uh, Patrick Reed, my boy. <laughs> fat Fat Pat. Oh yeah. I uh, DJ's playing great. Yeah, he's just stroking the ball. I like Tony Finau. He's got top. I got a little cash on Tony Finau. Like him. So I keep his legs under him. I like uh, Rory and Jason Day. Oh, I like Jason Day, too. Throw Jason Day in there for four. For <laughs> All right. That's the show. Thanks for tuning into the short thing. SoundCloud iTunes. We'll talk to you guys next week.